0: Almighty God, great and glorious, thank you for this opportunity to lift up our eyes from the drudgery of our everyday struggles and to see your glory, to see your plan, to see all things in perspective. Lord, lift up our hearts, draw us to you, help us to um, Lift up our spirits in worship and in adoration, and in and to leave behind the things of this earth that draw us downward. Father, we know there are many who are struggling; those who have lost loved ones, those who have um, are dealing with illness uh, and decline, and Father, we our hearts go out to each and every one of them. We pray for comfort and encouragement and strengthening for each of them. Lord, we ask that you would be present this morning, inspire and work in each one of our hearts as we look into your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Based on recent events, I'm going to depart from our, our, um, our, our study of Philippians. I felt led to talk about the subject of heaven. Eh, what would you think if I told you you're probably not going to heaven? I think you'd find it rather shocking, but I think our understanding of heaven is actually very inaccurate and uh, undefined. I'd like to read two passages. Um, let's read from Book of Second Corinthians, end of chapter four. Uh, so let's start reading from verse 16, and then we're going to turn to Revelations. So Second Corinthians chapter 4, beginning to read from verse 16, he is talking about how um, we are alive through Jesus Christ, even though our bodies are dying. <clears throat> For this cause, we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven, so that we, that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now, he that hath brought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given us the earnest or down payment of the Spirit. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but are made manifest unto you, and I trust are made manifest in your consciences. And let's turn to some details about these future events we can read in Revelations 20 which uh, picks up at after the thousand year reign of the millennium of Christ on this earth, a restored earth where there's already been a resurrection of the believers and after that thousand year um, when which the devil is bound he's loosed, There is a final rebellion, and this is the conclusion of it. Verse 10 of chapter 20. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth And the heaven fled away, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, Coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, neither shall be And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things were passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. May the Lord bless the reading of his word.
1: Let's kneel to pray. Our Heavenly Father, what a blessing it is to gather in this house of Thine to worship Thee, to fix our eyes on that place that no mortal eye has seen. It's dear to us not because we understand it or know it or even can describe it, but it is dear to us because Thou art there. And Heavenly Father, to dwell with thee is heaven already here. And so our hearts go out to our friends that are gathered with us this morning as well, who do not yet know thee. This earth and this life is a time of decision, a place halfway between heaven and hell, where choices can be made and destinies are set. And so... Heavenly Father, it's so important that we would consider these things and we would ask now for thy, thy presence, the presence of thy good and Holy Spirit to be among us, to teach us how to number our days, that we would consider where we are bound. Heavenly Father, for some of us that will be a source of great consolation, but for others it would be perhaps a, an uneasiness or even a source of dread. And so, dear Lord, we ask now for comfort from thee for our hearts, that we may in faith Fix our hope and our eyes on thee uh, with the expectation that we will join thee one day in courts of glory as thy word describes. Be with those that could not gather with us, Heavenly Father. We know there are many, uh, especially our sister Christine, who's now on her, uh, in her bed and confined. Heavenly Father, let us, know. let us know what is needful for each one, and so we would pray for strength for those that are weak. We would pray for comfort for those that are distressed. We pray for thy peace to be upon all those who call upon thy name. And Heavenly Father, as we would look now into thy word, we ask for thy presence to be with us, that thou wouldst instruct us and teach us from the same. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Do you, do I, walk by faith or by sight? I mentioned in the introduction that we won't be going to heaven. And that sounds like a very shocking thing, as if you were asked the average person on the street, are you going to heaven Despite they're not sure if they believe in God, they'll probably say, yeah, I'm going to heaven. There seems to be even greater belief in afterlife than there is in in, in God who created it. But unfortunately, the word heaven is misunderstood. And what we read here tells us, actually, that we will be not in heaven, but on a new earth. And... I think people's misconceptions of heavens, people's lack of conceptions of heaven inform their priorities, their passions, their perspective, and uh, prevent them from walking by faith and leave them walking by sight. The word heaven has multiple meanings, as, as does the word hell. Uh, I don't know if you noticed it here. Uh, we saw hell in verse 14 of chapter 19 being cast into the lake of fire. So clearly, our understanding of hell needs to be more precise. And we're aided there that there are four different Greek words, and one of them refers to the, um, that, that to a Hades, which was a, the place you go right after you die if you're not ready, if you're not right with the Lord. And then that's the Hades here that gets emptied into the lake of fire, which we read here is burning uh, forever and ever where the devil, the beast, and the false prophet are. So, and Jesus referred to Gehenna, a different place, um, which had that eternal Uh, aspect to it. So Hades is temporary. Gehenna is is eternal. Hades is where you go right after you die. Gehenna where you end up forever and ever. Um, But this is not a sermon about hell. What about heaven? Uh, The word heaven has multiple meanings. There's, There's one word uh, well, obviously, there's a Hebrew word and a Greek word uh, referred to more than 500 times in the scripture, more than 250 times in the New Testament. But it's the same word, but it has multiple meanings. And that's where I think part of the confusion comes. Heaven can refer to the atmosphere. Um, you know, the the heavens broke open and uh, found fountains of heaven uh, and... Uh, loose the flood on the earth. Um, you know, the, the birds of heaven are called uh, to, you know, various uh, feasts uh, and so on. We're obviously talking about the sky. Uh, in fact, that's the Greek word is talking about the sky, but heaven can also refer to um, the the stars and, and, and the entire um Universe, as we talk about how the heavens uh, speak the glory of God, right? The stars declare His handiwork, right? Clearly, we're not talking about just the atmosphere there. And then heaven can also refer to the abode, the place where God dwells, and it's and where the angels dwell, and that is also you know clear in Scripture. You know, by the context, you can tell. Um. And then there's where we go when we die, which is not the same thing as where we go for eternity. And that, that is where people's conceptions are far less clear. Um, the scripture talks, and we read here together in 2 Corinthians 5, where to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord that uh, this was kind of an immediate thing. Um, and uh, you know, we, we read it together that we're confident that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. We're confident, I say, and willing to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Um, and Paul himself, we, we studied recently in first chapter of Philippians, said he was kind of uh, in, a, in a dilemma between wanting to be absent from the body and present with the Lord, which is far better, but he decided it was more important for him to stay here and be uh, edify and be of service to the the church. So th- there is a the place, and we again, Luke sixteen, kind of gives us that's where. Um, where we have the story about Lazarus at the gate of the rich man and then a glimpse what happens after we die where 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 uh, the rich man comes to himself comes to consciousness in Hades which is you know right after he dies but even though he had a pompous funeral you know, he ends up there, and he's in torment, right? Whereas Lazarus is carried by the angels into, into Abraham's bosom, and, and we now know the way is available for us to come into the very presence of Christ. But then there is, at that point, we don't have our new bodies, and the Scripture talks about the final trumpet, the the, the resurrection where those that are caught up, uh, the dead rise first, and then those that are caught up to meet him in the air. 1 Corinthians 15 15 is the most detailed chapter on the resurrection and can tell us that, you know, there is going to be a new body and that even as we are caught up to meet the Lord in the air and be ever with the Lord we will be transformed in the twinkling of an eye at that instant we will have a new body a body that will not be subject to decay uh, that we our current bodies which are after the curse we know that death is operational in us and we see that you know the decline and, and and it is a struggle uh, we have enough of loved ones in our midst that we, we can see this up front as their bodies lose their strength, their vigor, their brilliant uh, minds, their um, you know, independence and their dignity even. It, it, it's quite, quite sad to see, but yet we have this hope that this is not final. And uh, there's many who, who despair, many who, who, without this hope, who walk by sight and not by faith, you know, wonder what's the point of it all. But for those of us who have this hope, and in fact, that's what um, Paul told them, the Thessalonians, you know, wherefore comfort yourself with, what, with these words because death is not the end. The decay and death that we see all around us is not the end. And uh, we will have restored bodies, ones that will have uh, a vigor and uh, a freedom and be far better than even our bodies and their most often of health. In the same way, there will be a new earth. And it's not something we, we talk about a lot, not something we think about a lot, but there will be a new earth that will be far better than the earth that we have. Now, there's kind of, you can see, different stages. We, this earth was initially created in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It was created as a paradise, it was the Garden of Eden, it was beautiful, it was perfect, it was different. Uh, there was no rain, there was a mist that came up and wa- it was a different water cycle. Uh, there was different, uh, animals didn't eat each other, uh, humans didn't eat animals. Uh, there was differences there and yet it was a place of idyllic harmony uh, not only between the animal kingdom and the human kingdom, humans were given the responsibility to take dominion, to take responsibility to to be um, caretakers of creation and the animal kingdom, but there was harmony with God. God Himself came out of heaven, His abode, and 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 walked with man, and there was this uninterrupted harmony. Then came sin. Then came the decay. Then came death. Came uh, you know you know the the, the killing of of, of and, uh, um, all those things uh, followed as well as a separation from God and God could no longer dwell with man God but God has always and always wants to dwell and to be with his people, but because of sin he could not and so. Jesus was able to come in the form we read the other Sunday of of sinful flesh, but in the form uh, humbled himself and express God and connect us to God um, and even take on that sin on himself to pay and to, to satisfy God's justice and to provide a way back into full fellowship with God. And here... Those who have chosen to trust and believe in that have a restored relationship with God, but they're still in bodies that decay. They're still in a world that's fallen. There are still problems. Uh, Psalms talks about trouble, you know, as as the sparks fly upward, so man is always subject to pain and trouble. Um, But that is not the end. It is a wonderfully better place to be than to be separated from God uh, and to not have that relationship, but it's not the end. And when we die, there is another stage, a temporary stage, until all of history is culminated, and then we read here what happens at the very end where God creates, destroys, even so... Before that, there is a restoration. Jesus comes down, stops uh, the devil. We see the, the reason why the beast and the false prophet are already in the lake of fire. That happened a 1,000 years earlier when Jesus came down, split the skies, and stopped the worldwide domination of that unholy trinity. And two parts of that trinity, uh, the, uh, the, the false prophet, who's kind of the religious leader, um, the beast, who's the political leader, they are put into the lake of fire. But the devil, the eternal um, angel, fallen angel, is is kept in a bottomless pit, and the earth is restored. We have all kinds of promises. In the Old Testament, of a restoration, a restoration of the kingdom of Israel, a restoration of the animal kingdom, a restoration where the, an, where the lion lays down with the lamb, and where the, um, all these promises of a restoration to Edenic uh, state uh, of, of the earth are fulfilled in that thousand-year uh, time frame, and that. It sounds pretty good we have jesus himself ruling on this earth perfect justice a a restored planet but even that is not perfect because sin is still present Um, when satan is released it's exposed and then there's the final judgment and the final revelation did you trust in god or not And uh, But it's interesting, we read here, everyone will be judged according to works. The Christian will be judged according to his works. The unbeliever will be judged according to his works. But yet, your destination is not according to works, it's according to faith. So, do works matter? Do they determine your reward and punishment? Actually, they do matter. And so, it's not... Again, the, the the easy believism of you know, as long as I name the name of Christ, I've got my ticket, I'm, uh, there, there's a sort of a socialistic. everyone gets the same reward. That's not what this Bible describes. It, it described very clearly here, even for the believer, that our um, what we do matters. <clears throat> Wherefore we labor, That whether present or absent, even in the light of this eternity, we may be accepted of him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. He's talking now to believers that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to what he had done, whether it be good or bad. So there is, um, even for us as believers, what we do matters. Even though we have grace, even though we have salvation, even though we have a hope of heaven, uh, what we do matters and we'll be judged before the judgment seat of Christ. And the same for the unbeliever. And then we have a new earth. So this is different. Eye hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the mind of, Of man, the things that are prepared for him, Paul wrote. So there is going to be a new planet. The old earth and even the old heaven are destroyed. The scripture talks, refers to that, says, you know, the, the words of God will not pass away, but heaven and earth will pass away. They do, but the word of God is eternal and unchangeable, unlike say, the Islamic abrogation and all kinds of other systems. This is Jesus is in his words, and these words will be true for all eternity. In this new heaven and new earth, you're not going to the new heaven. You're going to the new earth. And this new earth is not you know conceptions of heaven are again confused confusing the atmosphere and clouds with a new eternity you know we have this vision i'm sitting on a cloud playing a harp wearing white robes and and that's not what the bible describes and so people have a very vague in unattractive uh, appreciation. It sounds like it's going to be one long church service. It sounds a very static, very unchanging. I'm going to get bored. Uh, and that is not at all what, what is described here. Yes, some things are not going to be there. We won't have pain. We won't have death. We won't have separation. But there will be plenty of all the good things that God provided. There will be work. there was work in Eden. Work is a good thing to cultivate and to be creative and to express and to release and and, and there will be learning as we <laughs> try to understand the mind of God who is a, a, and we start to, to look to to grow and uh, even, have that same dominion over uh, the animal kingdom, that we will be able to have that. It will not be static. It will be glorious. And just because it cannot be described in the same detail, you anything you can imagine on this world, it will be better. This past Wednesday, uh, we... Uh, in CFG, we were thinking about the uh, funeral service that took place on Wednesday, That earlier that same day. And uh, in the coffin of Lotto, young man, young man, he was three years younger than I am, but I remember him as a young man in Sunday school. And in the coffin, Above his folded hands was a piece of paper written by his older brother, uh, Zoran. Some of you know him as Zeke. And in that piece of paper, Zoran, who, 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 who was, could not handle even being present there with everybody, but had come and, and written this and left it there and expressing his regrets expressing his regrets that there were a million things he wished he could have said to his brother that he can't do anymore, and uh, the finality and maybe even some hope. But we discussed uh, on on Wednesday what kind of regrets will we have. And certainly, you know, as, as people brainstormed, there was... The regrets of broken relationships, of, of unforgiven, uh, of, of love not expressed, of, you know, priorities and opportunities, the people, and um, a relationship with God, not, uh, those are the things that, that were regrets. And I asked then, would this list have looked different if I asked, what's on your bucket list? The bucket list, which people commonly refer to, is, you know, the things you want to accomplish before you die, the things you want to experience, the things you want to enjoy. And in the light of eternity, those things all of a sudden lose their luster, lose their meaning, because, you know, I want to go to Hawaii. Well, heaven's going to be way better than Hawaii. Right? Whatever you want to experience on this planet, the best thing you can experience, the best relationship you can have, the best you know, thing your senses can take in on this planet, and there are beautiful, glorious things that God has created that inspire us and remind us not to set up our tent here, like Peter said, you know, I'm going to just camp on this experience well maybe that's why you have a tent that decays that you are reminded you cannot hold on to even the beautiful and glorious things in this planet. And there's no point in grasping twisting your priorities to a, to hold on to things you cannot keep when God has provided so much better. In Everything that you can imagine that is good will be better, more glorious, more beautiful, more wonderful when we get there. And the most wonderful indeed. God is not going to come and visit paradise. God is going to be present and he will be ever present in eternity. There will be an uninterrupted relationship where he says, he will be, he that hath overcome shall inherit all things. I will be his God and he shall be my son, my child. God himself shall be with them and he'll be their God. They shall be his people. He will dwell with them. The tabernacle, you know, just, it, it, it is going to, God is going to be Emmanuel, God with us. These things... Should inform our priorities. What we think is important. Do we walk by faith or by sight? Do we consider the problems we have as a something that we endure for a very short time, a light affliction, which is endured for a short time? That is far worth the eternal weight of glory, or do we consider it the be all and end all and we sink into anxiety and despair because of it? Are we walking by faith or by sight? It gives us perspective that we see in the perspective of eternity. You know, if we put all of time on a line, These 70 to 80 years, maybe a shade more, maybe way less, are a dot we'd need an electron microscope to, to, to find on this vast line of eternity. It's a blip, and yet that blip determines our eternity. So what are our passions what do we care about? What do we pursue? What do we find really excites us? The things that are temporary, or the things that are invisible but eternal because that is what we're going to enjoy. That's going to determine a lot of our experience for eternity. If you look at our songbook, it's got a lot of songs about heaven. But yet, I think, if we look at our conversation, our thoughts, what we talk about, there's very little talk about heaven. If we were to be heavenly-minded, and, and I, I resent this, discu- this, this, top, this, this saying that was said of uh, my wife's uh, grandfather, he was, his unbelieving sisters said of him, he's so heavenly minded, he's no earthly good. And that, I'm sorry, that that just misses it. If you were truly heavenly minded, you would be of tremendous earthly good. Because you wouldn't be focused on hoarding, you wouldn't be focused on, uh, you would be focused on on being a blessing and leaving a loving legacy that will matter for eternity as opposed to experiencing things that are gone. He ended up making a difference. He he ended up making a big difference, and we have a, a booklet of all the people he sent things to you know, after the Second World War, as he was kind of sending relief to our believers there. So it's not true that either you're heavenly-minded or you're earthly good. No. Choose to be heavenly-minded, and you will be of tremendous earthly good and enjoy God for all eternity. Let's think, talk about this more. Let it inform our perspective our priorities, and our passion. With that,
1: may the Lord bless his word. Please select a concluding hymn. It's interesting to see how our culture would like to divorce the idea of God from heaven. We like the idea of eternal bliss, but God being there, hmm, that's not something that people are looking forward to. Why is that? Why does that happen? Heaven is heaven because God is, is there, and hell is hell because he is not there. That is the material difference. Many of us, especially my children, look forward to Eastern Camp every year. But is Eastern Camp Eastern Mennonite University? No, If you were to go there this year, I don't think you'd enjoy it very much. No one that you knew would be there. We're moving to a new location this year. But camp will be camp because of those who are there. All of those good memories, those experiences, the times of sweet fellowship and singing are because of those who are there. You can't divorce heaven from the one who makes it so. so. I've noticed something about life. I've had a few different jobs and worked in some different places over the years, and I've found it doesn't so much matter what I do, but who I'm doing it with. A job can be enjoyable, not because of the job itself, but because of the people that I'm working alongside. I have many fond memories of working on this building here because of those I was working with and the times we have had together and the memories that we formed building this, this building or renovating it anyway. It could have been an absolutely miserable experience if the people committed to the work didn't get along and didn't like each other didn't have a common vision and purpose. I'm not an expert on heaven, and I'm thankful for sermons like this because my mind doesn't necessarily go into uh, these details. But I would like to read the last three stanzas of a hymn written by an old silk weaver in Germany. He wrote about heaven, and this is what he said. Oh, the blessed joy of meeting... All the desert past. Oh, the wondrous words of greeting, he shall speak at last. He and I together entering the fair realm above. He and I together sharing all the Father's love. Where no shade nor stain can enter, nor the gold be dim. In his holiness unsullied, I shall walk with him. Meet companion then for Jesus, for him For him made, from him, for him made. Glory of God's grace forever there in me displayed. He who in his hour of sorrow bore the curse alone. I, who through the lonely desert trod where he had gone. He and I, in that bright glory, one deep joy shall share. Mine, to be forever with him, his, that I am there. That's a vision of heaven I can understand. When we consider the one who is there waiting for us, who's made so many wonderful preparations, who would not want to be there with him? I like that phrase in the Zion's harp. It says, what is heaven above without thee? A deserted banquet hall. What a perfect visual. A banquet hall can be full of mirth and joy and excitement. A place where we love to be. But to go there afterwards, once everything's done and there's dirty plates and bits of garbage lying around and no one's there? No. It's the one who's there that makes heaven, heaven. Let's seek to join him there one day. This concludes our service. Amen.